This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode 116 of Small Talk. Your hosts, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman, are here with you. And it's AMA Day, Steve. It's Ask Me Anything is when we toss it out to the listeners and we say, hey, do you have any burning questions? And we answer them. And I tell you, these end up being our favorite podcast because the listeners, the OG Shellys, the day one Shellys, they always <laughs> deliver with some good questions. Yeah, I would say the AMA is my favorite show, probably your favorite show. I think they're the most fun shows. You know, we're creative. We like to think of ideas and talk about stupid shit that, that's going on in our lives. But yeah. It's almost more fun when people want us to weigh in on the stupid shit that's going on in their lives or things that they are interested in talking about. So I'm fired up. We got some good questions. Okay, but before we get to the questions, I need you to put your white wig on. I need a ruling oh. from Judge Cerruti. Okay. So we had to push the timing of this podcast back just a bit because I got a Peloton. Whoa. I got a Peloton. Big it news. Big news. Michelle got a Peloton. As you know, I'm all about that workout life now. So I made sure to get a bike before it gets really cold outside and I hibernate. So at least I can work out within the confines of my warm ass place. But um, the Peloton got delivered today and I was so excited. It is beautiful. It is I'm jealous. I, 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 I kind of want one. Yeah, you need one. We need to do Shelly rides together. Beyonce, by the way, has a deal with Peloton. There's all Beyonce rides. Of course she does. Of course she does. And this kicked in yesterday. The Beyonce deal kicked in yesterday. So it's like, this was made for me. But anyway, the team comes, they assemble the Peloton. And I knew that they were coming today. But you know, life is busy. You just block out that time. I didn't really process, okay, people are going to come deliver this to my place. So they're setting it up. And they're asking me if I have any other questions. And it's literally like a light bulb goes off over my head. And I think, oh my God, I didn't even consider tipping them. Mm -hmm. I tip them, their delivery people, which I normally tip, but it's not like it was a long process and they're part of the Peloton team and I didn't have cash, so I didn't do it. And then I was like, "What? wait a minute, what if their livelihood is <laughs> in part contingent on me tipping you're putting Slash. food on the table, Michelle. I, well, they're I'm not, freaking they're, they're out. They're eating ramen tonight because of you. Oh my God. I'm freaking out. And so I text my girlfriends who the majority of them have Pelotons. And While they were there? They're getting ready to leave. And that's when, you know, there's kind of the, oh, hey, do you need anything else? Yeah, and you that's know, $50 like, handshake kind of thing. I get it. Well, that's when it clicked for me. And I'm like, oh no, Michelle. Because normally, Steve, this may shock you. I don't handle deliveries. I not, Especially of this magnitude. <laughs> normally, someone else will handle that for me. And then I just show up and I'm like, oh, the couch looks beautiful. I'm so excited. I'm never there to orchestrate all of this. Someone else usually handles that for me. Um, but no one else was here today. And so now I'm concerned and then I'm thinking, well, would they be offended? What if they're not supposed to get tipped? Well, so my, I my girlfriends were split on it. Some of them were like, I wasn't here. My husband dealt with it. I don't know. Someone else bought it from the store and somebody else. I just got a text from somebody else who says, I did not tip, but holy shit, should I have? <laughs> this is a really good question because I have legit anxiety sometimes about when I should and shouldn't tip things. And I'm, I'm with you, I think very last minute. I'm also like you, I don't carry cash ever really. I mean, I yeah. guess you could have Venmo them, right? Hey, give it to your Venmo. Yeah, do you have a personal bucks. Venmo account? <laughs> um, but it gives me anxiety thinking about, oh my God, is this like an awkward situation? Before I give you an answer on this, you said that you think someone would be embarrassed. If, would they be embarrassed if you gave them a tip? Why would that be embarrassing? No, no, if someone was like, hey, Steve, I think you did a great job. Here's 50 bucks. I'd be like, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. 
I do do a and great job. Defend it. You know how sometimes when you go out of the country, you're not supposed to tip and people are like, no, 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 this is not part of the job. I just didn't know if they're like, no, this is not part of the service. Well, know? I think they would tell you that. Not me, but I remember like my dad or somebody would try to tip somebody and they'd be like, oh, we don't actually do that. We don't take oh, tips. Okay. So they would tell you, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. I mean, if you want to give them each 50 bucks, I'm pretty sure they would have taken the 50 bucks. Well, before they left... They were like, oh, you can give us a great review. That would be awesome. So I said, will you write down your names so that I can put it in the review? But really in my head, I'm thinking, I need to survey the crowd here. And if everyone was tipping, I need your name so that I can follow up and give Mm -hmm. you some money. Just in case you screwed up. My answer to the question is, I think you probably should have. But then here's the question. I have no idea how much you're supposed to tip either. That's the problem. Not only is it should you, then it's is $20 too little? Is $50 too much? I'm not trying to give away money here. And you know, right. set up a pellet. how difficult was it to set the pellet? Like how much time did it take? Cause that also they, dictates how much you would give. They were in and out in less than 20 minutes. Oh, uh, that's mm, 20 bucks. So fast. 20 bucks. Each of them. 20 bucks. Boom. Done and done. 20 bucks is nothing. Thank you for you know your troubles. Appreciate you helping me out. Send you on your way. You know, Buy a nice meal tonight. I think 20 bucks would have been nice. I don't think, I'm not going to sit here and say that they were mad at you for not doing it, but it's scenarios like this. I'm trying to think of other scenarios where I'm getting some sort of service. If it's a furniture delivery situation or mm-hmm. what else? Things like that where I go, they're getting paid. It's their job to do this, but do I also right. give them money on the side? I never know. There should be a disclaimer when you buy the Peloton or when you buy the furniture Seriously. that says, hey, you're supposed to do this. 86% of people tip the movers or tip the people mm-hmm. setting up your Peloton. It is not required, but we want to let you know what the process is. Because now I'm literally going to have to call Peloton to be like, can you give me their info? Because I want to tip them. If someone's setting up your cable, do you tip them? I don't know. No. I, don't. I mean, I don't. Do you? I don't know. What about if you <laughs> have a cable guy? I don't know. Or what if, what if you have some guy do some work on your house, right? From some big company and he comes over, he fixes a pipe or he fixes some siding. I don't know. Do you tip that guy? I have no idea. I don't know these things. An exterminator, home contractors in general. I'm so uncomfortable and awkward about it, which is why I'm with you. There needs to be like a centralized database of yes or no. Do I tip this person for this particular service? And here's the other thing, Michelle, if they had said to you, Hey, you know, usually people do tip us. Would you be offended by that as the person getting the service? Would no. that, or that'd be I helpful, feel- right? But I would be like, I don't have cash. Can I Venmo you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think sometimes those, maybe those people think it's awkward to ask. I actually don't think it's awkward at all. Just let me know where we're at. If you want a tip, then tell me that you want a tip. I'm not going to be offended by that as the person getting the service. When you get your hair done or you get your nails done or you get a facial, you know, hey, standard, at least 20%, at least for me. Some people do 15. I do at least 20. You know, if you go to a restaurant, hey you're going to tip at least 20%, 20% yep. hopefully 20%. Hopefully people are tipping 20%. Um, Plus the math is easier when you do 20%. Come on. hundred percent. Move the, the decimal point over. Multiply yeah. by two. We're good here. Done and done. Done and done. Don't need a calculator for that. However, there is this massive gray area with so many other industries and this is bullshit. And maybe Steve, we make an app. Again, all the developers out there, if you want to hit us up, we have another app idea and the app should be called, do I tip you? Um, you get your car towed. Do you tip that person? I don't know. Why would I, why would I tip someone that's towing my car? Well, like say you have a flat tire and they come and they're, oh, they're taking your, you. they're taking your car to the shop, right? And <laughs> I you thought can't you meant t- like, I no, not, not like illegally, illegally a pun, no, no, yeah, no, then, I was like, no. why would I tip that guy? No. Hey, thank you so much for making me pay this fine. It's amazing. And taking my right. car away from me. If you break down on the side of the highway, guy tows your car. Do you tip that guy? I have no idea. What about if you're getting your gas filled? I don't know how Missouri is, but Connecticut is a state where you, you know, it's self-service, but you go to New Jersey, you know, this as a, you know, you have 
relatives in New Jersey. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all uh, full service. You can't pump your own gas there, which by the way, I think is absolute bullshit. You should be able to pump your own gas no matter where you are. This is America, goddammit. And <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't understand what pump your own gas, not that hard. But if you are one of those people that wants your gas pumped, you tip that person. I don't know. I don't know the etiquette. And, and again, it stresses me out. Okay, well, now I'm in a shame spiral. I cannot believe I didn't pre-plan or pre-ask my friends. If I even knew that one person had tipped and it had you gone over well, I would have tipped. I would have gone to the ATM, I would have pulled out cash, and I would have tipped. Or I would have Googled it, right? I would have gone to some Peloton That's what I usually forum. do. I go and I Google stuff. I'm like, hey, should you tip this guy? And usually people will tell you. But then there's a mixed bag too. The internet, you never know. There's some people on there that say yes, some people on there that say no. We need, right, that's right. We need to create this. This needs to happen. A centralized yeah. database for everyone because I guarantee you like at least 50% of the population is going through the same problems that we are right now with this. A hundred percent. And with our app, we should do a push notification that says, Hey, your Peloton's getting delivered tomorrow. Reminder to get cash out. Yeah. Anytime that you have any appointment, put it in there and it's going to tell you if you should tip and what the recommended amount is and then send you a push notification, have your cash ready. I don't understand. When are we going to start being able to pay for things? Like if I go into a store, say I go to, I don't know, the mall, because we were talking about the mall before we, before we tape. I go to a store, right? I want to buy a shirt. I should be able to pay through Venmo. I shouldn't have to be able to use cash. Why can't I pay for Venmo in a store? That should be a thing. Why is Venmo not allowing me to do that? A lot of people have Apple Pay. Yeah, but it's, it's different. That's on my credit card. My credit card is hooked up to that. Venmo is straight up out of my, I think, debit card, right? Yeah. Straight, take it straight out of my account. There you go. Boom, boom, done and done. I mean, when is Venmo just going to take over the world? Pretty soon. Um, I had a buddy who thought Venmo was called Venue for the longest time. He kept calling it Venue, and my friends never told him that it was actually called Venmo. Um, that's nice of them. Yeah, that's the, the friend group that we have in our situation. But um, I would use Venue. Uh, I just call it Venue. There we go. I'm, like, I'm screwing myself over here. I would use Venmo for anything. My barber should take Venmo 100%. Cash is literally an inconvenience. Why does he want cash? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great point, because then he has to go to the bank and deposit Yeah. Instead, it just goes right to your bank. Boom, done, done. Nobody has to do any sort of banking whatsoever. I'm not trying to put the banks out of business here. Don't. I'm not anti. I think the banks are fine. I think <laughs> yeah, the, the banks are fine. The banks will do just fine. Yeah, they're collecting mortgages left and right here, but um, doesn't make any sense. I don't like carrying physical money. Okay, well, let's get this podcast going then, because I have to hurry up and call the Peloton store. All right, good, good. You, have to, you have to write it wrong. And they were so great. Had I thought about it, God. This is the worst. They probably walk down there like, fucking Michelle, so cheap, my goodness, doesn't even tip us. We are so nice to her. They're probably all, they're just motherfucking you left and right. Yeah, they're like, enjoy that Beyonce ride, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, all right. shout out Peloton. Peloton. Shout out Peloton. Sponsor the pod. To, yeah, sponsor the pod. Yeah, add us, Peloton. And to my delivery people, if you're listening, you will get compensated. And I am sorry for the delay. Shelly's got you. Shelly's got your A couple back. days late. Oh God. It's AMA time, Steve. It's ask me anything. So let's just dive right into some of these questions. All right. Let me pull up my list because we have some good ones here. All right. This one is from Brooklyn. She wants to know, Steve, what's your go-to fun fact to share about yourself during icebreakers? Oh, that's a good one, Brooklyn. I don't really have one. I'm not very cool or interesting. I don't have That's not one- true. That's well, thank you, Steve. You have an incredibly interesting job. So if you're in a room full of people that don't know who you are, you could be like, hey, I'm talent. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it that way, but you could be like, hey, I have, you know, I got a show. I do a show. You know, I'm verified on Twitter. No big deal. People know who I am. What's up? I'm not saying like, go Ron Burgundy. I have, you know, many leather round books kind of thing. But right, right. yeah, people know who you are. You're a public figure. So that's really cool. That would be the quickest way to get people to be like, she's a tool. 
No, people start, they'll, they'll get their phone out. They'll be like, Michelle Smallman. Oh, okay, cool. All right, she's got the show, Small Talk. Maybe I'll listen to it. I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, but that's not an icebreaker type deal. Usually it's like, I once climbed Mount Everest, or it's, I once came in second place in the hot dog eating contest behind Joey <laughs> Chestnut. You know, it's usually some surprising fact about you. And I don't really have many surprising facts about me. I used to say, I remember when I first joined my sorority, they went around and they had everybody do an icebreaker. And I was one of the first people to go and I didn't know what to say. And I was like, I'm a left-handed only child. And everyone was like, cool. And then the next. girl next, the girl <laughs> next to me was like, I was the model on the cover of Skip It. You remember that thing as yeah. a kid? She was the model. She was the oh kid God, on Skip, Skip It. Skip It was the it. shit. I love Skip It. Becky Brenza. I'll never forget it because she went after me and I was like, Frenza. Wait, this was, at, this was at Skip Illinois? It. This was at college? Yeah. Damn. So that's actually, my sorority. That's a pretty sick one to have. That's a good example. I know. And then the girl after her goes, one time I kissed Enrique Iglesias on stage at a concert and I was like... I suck. <laughs> no, well, you could say one time I bitched out Stan Kroenke at, a, at the Barstool Sports Party. What's up? That, that's a pretty cool yeah, opening slide. I, I don't know. I guess that's it. But in my sorority room, that wouldn't have played well. Everyone would have been like, who? And oh, you bitch them out. You're aggressive. Yeah, it's true. We got to stay away from her. Yeah. Um, so, but I just remember in that moment being like, wow, she really came with the heat with I was the girl in the skip it box. You know what's annoying? You know when you put never have I ever drinking game, yeah. speaking of college? And you can never think of a really good one. And then randomly when you're walking around, you're like, oh yeah, that'd be a great never have I ever. But you never remember it when you're actually playing the game. That's yes. what I feel like right now when I'm trying to think of something that I would open with. But I do have one that I think is kind of funny and interesting. Okay. Um, I am loosely related to Sugar Ray's Mark McGrath. <laughs> uh, he what? is, yeah, yeah, loosely, or not actually blood related. <laughs> he married, okay, his, this is very complicated. His uncle married my aunt. Sugar Ray's uncle. Married my aunt. Your aunt. So okay. I like to say that I'm loosely related to, to Sugar Ray's Mark McGrath. I think who now is on what, Sirius XM? He's got some, he's got a bunch of shows thing. I don't know if I've ever actually met him. I've met him or I've seen him a few times. But I don't know if I've ever been like, hey, I'm Steve, what's up? But yes, loosely, I like to say, I'll tell people I'm loosely related to Mark McGrath. What's up? Okay, wait. So your aunt is on which side? My mom's mom. Is she in Connecticut? Yes. Oh, wait, your mom's mom. That's your grandma. My mom's sister. Sorry, my mom's sister. <laughs> my mom's sister. My mom's, <laughs> my mom's, no, my mom's sister. Exactly. Yeah. My okay, mom is much mom's... younger than the rest of her siblings, but yes. Okay, so your mom's sister in Connecticut yep. married Mark McGrath's uncle. Correct. So what does that make you guys like? Cousins, I don't know. 15th right? cousins by marriage? Still counts. What's up? <laughs> you just want to fly. <laughs> I actually loved uh, Sugar Ray growing up, so I was very pumped because this happened, they both remarried. So this happened when I was, I don't know, probably in high school maybe. And I'm like, yeah, Mark McGrath, what's up? I love every morning there's a halo hanging on the, port, on the corner of my <laughs> four post bed, what's up? Uh, so yeah, I was pumped about this. Now, not so cool, but, but like 10 years ago, this played really well. Were you at the wedding and also was Mark McGrath at the wedding? I don't think they did a thing because they were both remarried and it was whatever. And I remember his uncle, the guy that obviously married my aunt he would like tell people that that was his nephew he'd go around telling people oh yeah my nephew's mark McGrath." so he would make sure you knew about it so i'm gonna make sure people know about it too and did your aunt say well my nephew steve cerruti uh probably not no because i wasn't <laughs> this is when i was like 15 so i highly doubt that but no no mark McGrath, a little bit more famous I, i'm pretty sure if she went around be like my my uh, nephew is steve cerruti everyone would be like i don't know who that is dude that's what are you trying to do right now 
That is so funny. Okay, see, that's a good one. Loosely related to Mark McGrath. Not um, really, but loosely, yeah. Loosely. Would you ever run into him at a family function? No, he was kind of busy. He lives on the West Coast. He's a busy guy, so I don't think we ever saw him, but it doesn't matter. But I mean, could it happen in the future? Probably not. Uh, probably not. No. Why? They're both older. They're, no, they're probably not. Why? Because they're older? They're not going to... Like, he died. <laughs> He's dead. So, <laughs> so we don't really see them anymore. Wait, so you're telling me that they're not even... <laughs> so your aunt's deceased husband is related to Mark Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> you know what, Steve? You're really bringing the word loosely <laughs> to a whole new level. <laughs> It's the only one oh, I can think of. It's the only oh one I can think of. So <laughs> I'll try to think of something else that could be a good icebreaker for me. I should just have one at the ready in my back pocket. It's one of those things that's like a trivia fact about yourself, but why would you, unless, I, maybe you should write that, put it in your notes, you know, put it in your phone, in your notes, just in case TBD, if I ever need to use this, or ever, if I ever need to impress someone, just whip out this thing and I'll, I'll whip out this fun fact about myself and that'll be that. Yeah, my friend Matt Doherty, he was on The Price is Right, and he won. That's a great one. It was not Showcase Showdown. It was one of the games, though. I don't know if it was Plinko, or I'll text him and I'll find out. But he won one of the games, and his prize was that he got a cake, a different cake, delivered to him every month for a calendar year. And so he would do this photo shoot with it that would say one, and it was like, let's say if it was an olive oil cake, he would have this cool backdrop with all olives on it. He's very, a very creative guy. And that's always the best icebreaker is I won Plinko on The Price is Right, something like that. What a weird prize to win on The Price is Right. Do you just get a, a cake every month for a year? That's yeah. strange. I would I mean, love to be on The Price is Right. I'm jealous of him though. I know. Imagine if they were like, Steve, come on, come on down. I would be so pumped. You know me. I think everything sucks. I'd be like, nope, let's do it. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> yucking it up. I'd be like hitting the buzzer. I'd probably undersell. I, I would underbid everyone. Just I'd be that dick to like, I'd do $1 just to screw everyone else over. That would be yeah. me. I'm in it to win it. What do you want That's me to do? That's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I always used to like staying at home when I was mm. sick and at my grandma's house and watching Bob Barker do his thing. We would always guesstimate on Showcase Showdown. And some of those things you're like, do you really think a boat costs 20 grand? You know, some of know. these things that people, oh, it's way more than that, right? A boat costs more than 20 grand? I don't know, how nice is the boat? This is why it's hard, it's not that easy. Hold on, how much does a boat cost? What kind of boat are we talking about? Yeah, the average boat is between 20 and 50 grand. So obviously oh, the boat right. that they have on Price is Right is gonna be a brand new boat. It's probably gonna be more than 20 grand. This says bow rider boats, which I don't know what that means. 15 grand to 50 grand. I don't know, that's about right. 20 grand is a decent guess. Maybe I should be on the Price is Right. There you go. Anyway, but yeah, that's a good icebreaker. Okay, on to the next question. This one's from Frank. Can you please tell us the first time that Steve and Michelle met each other? So what he wants to know what the first time <laughs> that we met each other. I don't know if we've ever told this story on the podcast. No, we definitely haven't. And I'm curious. I don't remember the first time I met you, but I remember, I I remember the time that I met you before I, I met you, air quotes, before I started working on the show on Marcel and Canal. Because you were already on the show when I joined. Yeah, to my memory... I remember when you got hired, but then you immediately started working on nights, right? And I was working days and you have to understand there wasn't a ton of overlap there, especially if you work on a show, you kind of hang out with the people on that show. You don't really 
unless you're working on a bunch of different shows, but if you're somebody that's like five days a week, I work on this show, that's kind of who you hang out with all the time. You don't really date outside or whatever. You don't, you don't really yeah. talk to other people outside of your bubble. It's in but the family. I knew who you were, but it had to be, I mean, you were probably there for what, months before we ever even talked to each other. Probably even a year, maybe. A year? Wow, that's bad. I remember you coming in, oh, it's Michelle, she's from St. Louis, she's <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't, whatever. I mean, she's working at night shows. I don't really know anything about it. So I just yeah. kind of like, not like the type to introduce myself either, which is, you know, just kind of my personality. But you're probably sitting at your desk being like, what's up? <laughs> I don't even think I would say what's up. If I didn't know you or introduce myself, I would just act like I didn't, I wouldn't even acknowledge you. I would just be like, I don't know you, you know? <laughs> I'm not even trying to be a dick. That's just how I am. We don't know each yeah. other. So I wouldn't just be like, hey, I'm Steve. Because I'm just weird like that. You, on the other hand, I feel like you're the kind of person that would go out of your way to introduce yourself to someone. Oh, yeah. I would turn the corner and be like, hey, I'm Michelle. Are you new? Okay, so the time that we met then is probably the same time that we're going to yes. describe. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Let me say the short version and then you could fill in the details. Because you, you probably have way more details. Because I don't remember most of the details. But it was after... I believe it was after Rosillo's show, Rosillo and Canel one day. Correct. So it was, uh -huh. the show was over at four, started talking at 4.15 or whatever. You came in because you were going to start working on the show. You're going to start producing the show. Mm -hmm. And you had questions about what, you know, what the show was like, what Ryan was like, what Danny was like, the vibe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we talked, I want to say, in the control room about just random shit. Not, not even the show necessarily, <laughs> but just life. I think we probably talked about Mean Girls, which is probably why we hit it off as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, what do we talk to like at least an hour, probably more, two hours. It was a long, long conversation. I was like, oh, this girl's, this girl's really cool. Like, why have I never really talked to her before? <laughs> probably because I'm in my bubble and I'm afraid to introduce myself to people. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I remember. I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I remember it being a very long conversation and my, and coming out of it, I was like, holy shit, Michelle's awesome. Yeah. So that's what I remember too. Um, they had told me, Hey, you're going to produce for Cell and Canal. And I was shocked because that was a great show and I was really excited to join it. And they, <laughs> you know, so of course word gets around at ESPN really quickly about things. And there was a buffer period in between when it was announced that I was going to produce the show and the time that I actually was going to join the show staff. So I remember still working on other shows and people would pop in and be like, Hey, you know, I heard your joining Rizal and Canal. So exciting. Here's what you need to know. Right. And so I was getting little tidbits about the people on the show and what I should expect. And a lot of people were like, Hey, so Ryan and Steve are really tight. Like just so you have a heads up, they're kind of a package deal. So I'm like, Oh God. All right. Well, is this going to be hard for me to bust in? Are they going to like me? Are they going to be like, who is this person joining the staff? So I had asked one of our bosses, I'm like, can I have this day after I train to not work nights so that I can introduce myself to Steve and talk to him about the show? And they're like, yeah, we'll set it up. So I loiter. I think I shot you an email and I was like, Hey Steve, <laughs> I'm super excited. I don't remember this. that. But that's hilarious. Oh, okay. I think I did. And I was like, can I pop in and talk to, or maybe I talked to you in the hall. I just remember that I was supposed to come in after the show to talk to you. It wasn't like yeah. I ambushed you. And I remember being really nervous because I didn't know you at all. And you were like very cool with your man bun. And I knew that nice. you had been there a really long time. So you were really ingrained into this show and into ESPN. And that I was the new kid on the block and that we talked for like you said, probably two hours about a lot of, it was basically our first podcast that we ever yep. did was, was that Shit conversation. Shit that pissed us off. Yeah. People that annoyed yeah. us. Yep. People that annoyed us. Stuff we hated, Mean Girls, all of that. But I remember leaving being like, okay, wait, he's my favorite person probably that I've met here. And this is going to be really fun. And everybody else had been like, you know, Ryan, 
love Steve. So just let Ryan go through Steve. I'm like, you don't want to upset Ryan and do this and that. And then it's I so remember funny. when you came into work on the show, it wasn't like anything really changed. It was just like another person who was cool to hang out with and thought, you know, about stuff the same way that we did. And I think Danny really enjoyed having you on the show more than anyone. I mean, not that obviously we loved having you on the show. It was great, but Danny was pumped to have you on the show because it's someone you and Danny related probably more than anyone on the show. Yeah. Well, Danny and I vibed immediately. I, before I talked to you, had actually met with Canel. I went into his office and we had a long talk and I was really excited. Danny's the best. I mean, he yeah, is, he's, he's just the best teammate. He's so welcoming and he was so he's super excited. friendly, happy about everything. Yeah. He's just like a tough guy to bring down. He was the best. You know, I think having three daughters, he related to me in a different yeah. way, being a female in uh, an otherwise male space. And I think he was just very, he put me at ease. He put yeah. me at ease. And then after I met you, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then after I talked to Ryan, I was like, okay, so I just have to make <laughs> sure that I don't mess up and I don't want to mess up. And so we're good. And I would say, I don't know, how long do you think I was on the show before it felt like this is going to be a good fit? Not long. I remember after that conversation, not that I didn't think it was going to go well because I did because I do think when you came on the show we needed someone like you on the show but when I talked to you and we had that conversation I was like oh this is gonna be great she's exactly what we need she's super fun she's not high maintenance she gets the deal because there are some producers out there that think that they're the star of the show and think that it should yeah. be their show and they're calling the shots and that's not what everyone needs and no. you know you and people like you and me we're there to help out the town help them sort of do the show that they want to do because it's their show and you got right. that very quickly you gelled with everyone really quickly and I, it was truly great. I was pumped because you're a great friend now, but obviously at the time, the show really needed someone like you and it was great to have you. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I didn't officially meet Rosillo. He called me that day and we talked and then I met him, you know, for the first time a couple of days later, but we had never met each other. Like, hey, I'm Michelle, hey, I'm Ryan. And one day I was walking down the hall and so was he. And he was in a St. Louis Spirits jersey mm -hmm. and a Cardinal hat. And he goes, hey. And I was like, St. Louis. <laughs> and then I, I thought to me, right. he was like, yeah. And then I thought to myself, wow, my reputation about St. Louis has gone on that far that this guy that doesn't know me knows that I'm from St. Louis. Yeah, you definitely had the Homer. I'm trying to think. There are a lot of Homers at ESPN, fan people working behind the scenes, but I don't know if anyone rode for their city like you rode for St. Louis, at least in radio. I, don't, I can't speak for TV yeah. or whatever, any other department, because I'm, I'm sure maybe there were. But as far as homers for their squad and their city, there was nobody like you. Well, I And that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Well, see, I think it's different. We had people in radio that loved their teams more than me. Like Travis loves Ohio State more than I love the Cardinals. Yeah, I love you, Travis, but borderline annoying. We get it. You love Ohio State. We get it. All right. <laughs> and I would say there are people that cared about their teams more, but most people that worked in that department were from the East Coast. Yeah. And I felt like such an outsider coming from the Midwest. And people didn't understand the Midwest. I'll never forget when my very first day in radio, the guy that was training me said to me, you are too nice. You are too Midwest. These people are going to eat you alive. Wait, hold on. Somebody said that at ESPN Radio? Somebody to said me. you were too nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I came in day one in a dress and I was like, yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Can I help with anything? And everyone was like, who are you? Yeah, kindly fuck happen? off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm like, and I remember um, he pulled me aside and was like, you're going to have to be 
a little bit more tough and like have an edge, an edge here. And then I remember someone else pulling me aside and saying, can you stop dressing up? You're making us look bad. Like they, they did it in a joking way. I like will it, say that the I was like in a, you know, I was getting dressed up professional every day. I was new at ESPN, but radio was more casual and I didn't understand that. It took me a while to. Yeah. I mean, I wore jeans and I button down every day. I didn't right. really get dressed up at all. I mean, I would wear like athletic wear. Right. <laughs> but think about it. Think about looking back. If I showed up in like a business dress and heels every day, I probably stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm like, hey guys, I'm from the Midwest and I'm here in my business casual. I'm like, I what would, do we do today? <laughs> I would probably argue with you there dressing to the nines, like I know that you did. And then <laughs> the other end of that spectrum of people literally dressing like slobs. Yeah, ESPN Radio had the biggest gap of people who <laughs> either dressed to impress or dressed like they were going to sleep. And there's a lot of in between, but the extremes are incredibly wide. There'd be people there literally in sweatpants and sweatshirts. And then there would be you coming up with a nice blazer and looking very well put together. It's like, okay, what's happening here? Is there a dress code? The answer is no. The answer is no. So I had to pare it down in a lot of ways. But I remember people, they would rip St. Louis or they would pretend that it was some podunk place in the middle of nowhere. And I don't think it was as pronounced for me writing for St. Louis until the Rams left because... I came there in 2015 and that happened shortly after, right? And mm -hmm. people were like, oh, I forget St. Louis, the Rams belong in LA, this and that. And I think yep. I was just so indignant being like, no one is paying attention <laughs> to my home and true. what is happening. And so I feel like after that, I was way more vocal about St. Louis is an awesome place and everybody better recognize. No. And that's what I became Midwest Michelle. I could say this, the story about the Rams leaving for LA, I'm pretty sure everyone, including myself, was like, oh, no brainer by LA. Come on, dude. St. Louis, Los Angeles, whatever. Right. And you did bring good perspective on that story because otherwise everyone would be like, yeah, no brainer. But you obviously told, knew the backstory, knew why this was totally bullshit, knew why St. Conky was being super shady. Yep. And it was actually pretty well needed because otherwise it'd be like, oh yeah, LA, come on, dude. St. Louis or LA, we're picking LA every time. But that's not really what happened. You have relocation guidelines put in place for a reason. I don't want to get into this at the I'm I'm we, saying, we, we, this. You've heard this a lot of times, but yes. I did know... Within the first couple of minutes, I was like, oh, she's definitely cool and different. And, you know, there's a lot, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not even saying this as like a negative thing, but there are a lot of weird people that work at ESPN. So it attracts <laughs> weird people. I'm weird. I am. I'm not even afraid so to admit that. There are just things about sports fans that, especially sports fans that are that obsessed with sports that they want to work at ESPN, they work in sports every yep. day. They're a little bit off. You know, they're just socially, they're a little bit off. And I think I related to you in a lot of ways because you and I were similar in that we had interest outside of sports as well when we were interested in yeah. pop culture and movies. That was our meeting. I think I quoted Mean Girls. I think I literally think I quoted Mean Girls to you and then, or you quoted it to me, I forget. And one of us was like, oh, Mean Girls, we're obviously meant to be friends. And uh, yeah. and that's how it went down. But I think that we sort of related on that is that we, you know, we both love sports. But we were also kind of normal people in a way too. So that's, uh, I don't know, not throwing everybody else under the bus, but I guarantee you, and I love everybody ESPN, and I do, but there are definitely some weird people that work there. Oh, you know, okay. really quickly though, really quickly too, is that I was happy that you were from St. Louis because you, as you mentioned, everyone there is from the East Coast, right? So it's all, so it's full of Red Sox fans, Yankees fans. We get it. You went to Syracuse. Everyone there went to Syracuse. Nobody freaking cares that you right. went to Syracuse, dude. Sorry. Um, so it was refreshing to have somebody that wasn't from one of those major bubbles. Chicago is another bubble that, oh, everyone's from Chicago. Everyone's a Cubs fan. Oh my God. You were different. So that was cool. Yeah. I think I was one of the only people, I don't know. I mean, Travis was from Ohio. If I met another Penn State fan or a Syracuse yeah. fan or Red Sox fan or Cubs fan, I'm like, oh, we get it. 
so Drew Brooks was from Arizona, yep. right? He was, um, and he was definitely on an island by himself. There aren't, there aren't yeah. many Cardinals fans uh, walking around. Arizona Cardinals fans, that is. Oh, yeah, not the St. Louis football Cardinals, like my shirt. I know, like the straight shirt's dope. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anybody else, because most people there were from Connecticut or New York or... Jersey, Mass, yeah. That yeah. Whole, yeah, that whole northeastern area. For people listening, it's a big department at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And so to think that we can only name three people from the outside off the top of our head at that time, that shows you how rare it was for me to pop in and be like, hey, guys. It was refreshing. Yeah, we got a little more Midwest <laughs> flavor. Oh, totally. Okay, next one, Steve. The question is this. Have you guys ever or would you ever try ayahuasca? I don't know what that is. Do you know? Yes. Okay, so ayahuasca is a drug. I actually watched a documentary on this, and hopefully I'm getting all of this right because it was a while ago that I watched it. But it's a drug that they put into tea form, and people drink it, and it takes about 45 minutes or so for it to kick in, and you hallucinate. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what? everybody obviously has different experiences or different trips, but in the documentary that I watched – Um, A lot of people who have trauma in their lives say that they revisit it when they go on this trip. And a lot of people who take ayahuasca end up purging physically. They end up throwing up. And so when people come out of this, yeah, they feel like I have purged this part of my life and it's healed me in a sense. Other people have very positive trips and then they come out of it and they say my mind has shifted some people say they have a religious experience where they feel closer to god or the universe or their loved ones who have passed a lot of people who do it say it's unbelievable and that they would absolutely recommend that you do it so i would do it i would totally do it but i would make sure to do it it's um the documentary i watched it's typically grown in, I believe, Peru. And there are specific people that are supposed to be guides for you during this time. You're supposed to have, you know, people who have oh, done this, yeah. who know who know what they're doing. They talked about how people have gone on bad ayahuasca trips and have to go to the ER. A lot of people can get dehydrated from it. But yeah, I think it would be really cool to try it. I would be scared out of my mind to do it, but I'm going to try most things once type of girl. I would definitely do. And I would be so fascinated to see what my trip was like. What would come to me when this drug enters my system? I was just about to say, I am, you say you're a try, you know, try something once kind of person. I'm the same way for the most part. I'll, yeah, I'll try something once. Why not? And I'm not really spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm not looking to purge any bad memories from my life. I have a pretty fortunate situation. Um, so I don't really know what good this would do for me, but just to get the feeling and try it out. I don't know. Why not? And I, I want to do it around people I knew. Like if you were doing it and like Maddie or a bunch of our friends or something, we were doing it together. I'd probably want to do it that way as opposed to some random guide or some randos. But I don't know. I'm not like a big drug guy, so it's hard for me to say. I'm not into hallucinating. I'm not into like, trips and stuff. Although, I, have I ever told the story of my edible experience on the pod? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Please do. The floor is yours, Steve. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying, for anyone that's listening, I'm really not a drug guy. I didn't really smoke a lot of weed. I just was never really into it. I don't do hard drugs. I'm just not interested in it. I'm, that's all I'll say. But I was at a bouncer party in Vegas a couple years ago, and one of my buddies had some edibles and you know, we were in our hotel room. It was like the last night we were staying there. We were watching straight out of Compton and things were kind of low key. And he's like, Hey, you want to do some edibles? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll try one. Why not? He's like, all right, he gives me this little yellow gummy. It's like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, take it, you know, sit down 45 minutes, you know, you'll feel it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm taking it. Nothing happens. Time's passing. I'm watching Ice Cube do his thing on 
on the movie or whatever. And then no lie, 45 minutes on the dot, Michelle. <laughs> I'm tripping balls. Like I'm sitting here going, what's happening? I'm laughing uncontrollably. I'm losing my mind. And I have no idea after this, I have no idea what the timetable of this was, but I think it was like 10 minutes later. I was so weirded out. I was hallucinating so much. I was tripping so much that I thought I was going to forget how to breathe. So I went to sleep. And that was my edible experience. <laughs> Wait, what? You thought you were going to forget how to breathe? 45 minutes in, I start tripping out. I'm laughing uncontrollably. I don't like the feeling a ton because I just, I don't like not having control over my body. And then in my mind, for some reason, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to forget how to breathe. And I was freaking out about it for a couple minutes. So my first instinct was go to bed, go to sleep. And I slept it off. So I literally experienced the edible for about 15 minutes. I can't believe that you were even able to fall asleep. Yeah, I was very determined because I just did not, I'm like, okay, deep breath, inhale, exhale, inhale. I don't know why in my mind, I was just thinking that I was gonna, my body was physically going to forget how to breathe and I was going to die. That's what I felt like. And I just put myself to bed and I went to sleep. That was it. So maybe ayahuasca is not for you. I know, I don't, so that was my only like, quote unquote, tripping experience. So, you know, I don't, I guess maybe I have, I have more experience than I did the first time I did my first edible, so maybe it's different. But this sounds like a medicinal thing where the edible was definitely not medicinal. Let me look up ayahuasca so I can give some context here. Um, I have like a thing uh, up here. It says it comes from some sort of vine that you're right, that they turn into, um, they brew it and turn it into some kind of tea. It's from Brazil and Northern South America. And what else? It is a powerful hallucinogenic chemical. However, it has a low bioavailability as it gets rapidly broken down by en- enzymes. I don't know what that really means or matters. It leads to an altered level of consciousness due to psychoactive substances and ingredients. I have, um, it becomes a psychedelic brood that affects the central nervous system leading to an altered state of consciousness that can include hallucinations, out of body experiences and euphoria. I don't think I want, I don't know if I want an out of body experience. Wouldn't that freak you out? No, I think it'd be sick. The more I'm talking about this, the more I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. How about, this is what I was saying, okay. Ayahuasca was traditionally used for religious and spiritual purposes by specific populations, but it's become popular worldwide among those who seek a way to open their minds, heal from past traumas, or simply experience an ayahuasca journey. It's strongly recommended that ayahuasca only be taken when supervised by an experienced shaman as those who take it need to be looked after carefully as an ayahuasca trip leads to an altered state of consciousness that lasts for many hours. Many people travel to countries like Peru, Costa Rica, and Brazil where multi-day ayahuasca retreats are offered. They're led by experienced shamans who prepare the brew and monitor participants for safety. See, this is the astrologist in some way though. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this tea that you would drink and then you hallucinate and then you maybe throw up, you're throwing up your bad <laughs> memories? I, do you believe it. that? You're purging your bad memory. I don't, I don't know. If, or do people just like getting high? I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of what I think this is. I, you could say that it makes you feel better and makes you, you know, it cleanses your past uh, trauma, but I don't know, man. I think some people like getting high. So in the documentary I watched, there were several people who were chronicled during this experience. And one woman, her husband came home and he murdered her daughter and himself. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. It was her stepdad, I believe. And um, obviously a lot of trauma there, Mm -hmm. probably the most traumatic thing you could possibly think of. And she went through this experience and said that she saw them and had some sort of peace with it. Like it, purge from her and that she's like, I don't know if I'll ever be healed, but I, I have more peace than I did before. And I don't think she's saying that 
in a less than genuine way. I think well, it might tap into something in your brain that, I don't know. I just don't think that the, this many, some people probably do like the euphoria aspect of it, but I think some people don't even get euphoria out of it. They're purging this stuff from their brain. And I just think that if enough people have said, Hey, this has helped me that it's something to look into. Yeah, no. So we've always said this, we're a very pro plastic surgery podcast. We're a very pro, like do whatever makes you feel happy. For me, and this, it's the same thing I felt with the astrologist, with, you know, me doing my tarot cards or whatever this is, or, you know, if you want to smoke a bunch of weed, go smoke, smoke a bunch of weed if that makes you feel better. Do, you know, see, use CBD. I don't, I don't care. I don't personally think it helps me, but if you think it helps you, then I, I'm all for it. Who am I to tell you that this didn't make your life better? So yeah, if that's the way that you feel and that's what you want to do and you want to try this out, I have no qualms about it. I just don't know. The more I talk about it, I don't know if I actually would want to do it. I don't think I'd enjoy it. I don't think I'd enjoy it out of body experience. It could be enjoyable. Some people, as they say, are in euphoria and are like, yay, I love this. You know, like, this is great. But other people are throwing up and dealing with some pretty intense shit the whole time. I just want to know what is buried deep inside that I need to purge. Aren't you curious what would manifest for you if you took this drug? If I could find out without having to take a drug, I would do it. I just want to know what is buried in the recesses of my brain that would that you need to be, itself. That you need, yeah, eradicated, right? Um, yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I don't know. I mean, as I said, like I, you know, I don't really, you know, luckily enough, there isn't a ton of trauma, so I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of people that turn to stuff like this have been looking for answers for a long time too. That's I a good imagine, point, right? Really good and point. you know, I think they're looking for some sort of help and guidance or whatever, and you know, if thrown up is, <laughs> is it thrown up some <laughs> magic tea is the way to do it, then go for it. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. I would do it. Listen, if we got together and Michelle and Maddie and whoever was like, yeah, we're doing ayahuasca or whatever the hell you call it. Are you in? I'd be in, but I don't think I would book the trip and try to get everyone involved. I would have to be, Hey, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. I guess I'll take along. So if we did a small talk retreat where there was going to be an ayahuasca ceremony, if we're like, yo, small talk, going to Peru, we're going to do ayahuasca, the whole deal. You'd do you it. In? I would do it. Yeah. I'm a big do it for the story guy. So yeah, I would do it. I mean, listen, if you want to see me purge in college, you should drink like 15 Bud Lights and I puke and I don't know. Did that make me feel better? I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe that purged me of some of my impurities. I don't know. Next one. This is from Dave. Dave wants to know, if you ever have a kid, what name that you once loved has now been ruined and by who? <sighs> Ugh. Okay. You want me to go? For- I actually have a, 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 an annoying one and it's not me. So... I have for the longest time, Michelle, wanted to name my daughter, future daughter, Sophia or Sophie, you know, Sophie for short. The reason I want to do that is because I love that when I read the Da Vinci Code years ago, I just love the name. There's a character, the main, the main female character in the book, her name is Sophie Naboo, and she's just a really cool character. I liked her and I've always wanted to name my daughter after that. I just think it's awesome. Plus, I think Sophia or Sophie Saruti is a really cool name. It's a great name. Um, but Maddie... We were all on board for this as of a couple of years ago. It's like, yep, it's going to be Sophie, 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 even all, all probably like a year ago. All of a sudden, Maddie's no longer in on Sophie because her old boss, he had a daughter named Sophie or Sophia, and she doesn't want to be reminded of her, of her boss's daughter. I'm like, that's so dumb. Why? When you have a daughter and you name your daughter Sophie, you're not going to think of your boss's daughter. You're going to think of your daughter. It's right, insane. Your own daughter. So if you like the name, just go ahead and use the name. So that is my story. And I mean, so Maddie and I are currently debating or not debating. I hope or I guess we're arguing uh, whether or not I'm going to be able to name my daughter Sophia or Sophie, because I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm sorry. I don't. So no, the answer is no for me. 
I think when you have a kid, you get over it if it's your kid. Yeah. I've had a couple names that I've liked that other people have already used. That's fair. And it's not that I dislike the name, but I certainly like it less if somebody, I, and it's always someone like my mom's friend's daughter named her kid this, right? It's not my cousin named her kid. It's not like it would be in the family, but I want a, a unique name. So that has always kind of turned me off. Oh, I can't name my kid Adriana because so-and-so named their kid Adriana. Or, you know what, I'm using that as an example. See, I reject though, if it's in the family, I get it because you don't want a couple of cousins with the same name. That's totally fair. But if it's your mom's friend, who who cares? Why is that a big deal? I don't know. It just, it, it lost its luster for me. I think the point of this question though was more like, did you want to name your kid? I don't know. Say, say you want to name your kid uh, Steve, right? But you know this douchebag Steve. And every time you think <laughs> of Steve, you're going to be like, oh, that Steve sucks. And I'm, I don't want to name my kid Steve because I think of that douchebag Steve. Right. That's what I think this person is asking. I understand the logic of that. But I think you just get over it when it's your kid. I really do. Is there someone that you think is an incredible douchebag, but you like their name? Because that's a good question. That is a good question. I mean, I think, so I see, I think of more people I went to high school with and be like, oh, Jennifer? <laughs> right. Jessica? No. That's what I used to think of it as. But now, I don't know. I, I, you know. I'm trying to say. Who's like the biggest douche that you can think of, like famous person, and you would not want to name your kid them because I don't like the name, but like Spencer, I think of the name Spencer, I think of Spencer Pratt. I'm like, that guy's a tool. I don't want to name my kid Spencer. So I guess I'm, I'm subscribing to my own logic. Do you know someone cool named Spencer? I don't. I don't like the name at all. I'm just trying to use an example. Like he's a tool. And if I like the name Spencer, it would probably bother me because I would think of Spencer Pratt. He sucks. Okay. That's a great point. Who is someone that you think is such a tool and so you can never name your kid that i'm trying to think of who is a tool why can't i think of more people that are tools i think russell wilson's kind of a tool i'm sure he's a great dude but i just think he's super fake and he's just <laughs> is a tool and but i don't even know if i first i would never name my kid russell i just don't like the name russell, russell Sarudi is a terrible name um terrible. So it's hard to say. Who is a, is there like a really bitchy girl that you don't like? I don't, I'm trying to think. Who's Probably, a, I mean, of course. Oh, like Lena, everyone knows my disdain for Lena Dunham. I could never name my daughter Lena. Oh, and I love the name Lena. I love that name. You just hit the nail on the head. I love the name Lena. And you're right. You would be Lena Dunham. Oh, I have one. I have one. So I used to love Entourage and remember E was dating a girl, Sloan. Loved her and the name. Loved her, loved the name. I always loved the name Sloan. And then some blogger that a bunch of people I know follow named her daughter Sloan. And now it feels like everyone has named their daughter Sloan. So that's another thing that Maddie said about Sophia is she's like, everyone uses Sophia now. I know one Sophia. I don't even know that many Sophias. And even so, who cares? if you like the name, who cares? But it sounds like, Michelle, you are trying to, like, you want, you want your kid's name to be the only kid in school with that name. Yes. I, I have get a that. girl name and a boy name if I ever choose seven kids. And I would be shocked. I would be floored if anyone ever named their kid, anyone that I knew ever named their kids either of these things. I was actually just talking to my mom about this because she was going to name my young, my youngest sister. Her name is Jocelyn and she's very much a Jocelyn, very much a Jocelyn. <laughs> and you've met her. And yes, she, uh, Jocelyn, she was sure. very close to being named Mary and she's not a Mary at all. No. And I almost wonder, it just got us thinking, do you adapt to the name that you're given? Because, you know, you are a Michelle to me. I don't like my name. I don't feel like I'm a Steve. I just think when you think of Steve, it's like, oh, Steve. I think I've talked about this before. It's just a weird name. 
What would Plus, you name yourself if you could? Well, here's the thing. I don't think there are any good dudes' names. Guys' names suck. Really Not hard one. to find a good guy's name. Um, I like Jack because it's very traditional. Love Jack. But there are a lot of Jacks, so I don't, you know, I have an Uncle Jack, too, so it's like, do I name, you know, I don't know. It's, it's this whole thing. Yeah. But when, there, you, when you were a kid, did you want to name yourself growing oh, up? Oh, man. Because <laughs> you, know, you know what mine was growing up? I loved the American Girl doll, Samantha. And oh, I love Samantha, the name. He had brown hair, and I was always like, God, I wish my name was Samantha. But then my mom, one time in second grade, we got these letters from our parents at school. It was like part of who you are and like why your name is what it is. And my mom told the story of how I got my name, Michelle. And since that day, I still have the letter. It's in my hope chest at my parents' house, which has all my special things in it. And ever since that day, I was like, Michelle's the best name ever. And I love it. Since that day, Samantha was out the window. But I loved Samantha when I was a kid. I like the name Michelle, and I, and I like the name Samantha. I actually think my sisters had the Samantha American Girl down, oh, yeah. which is a weird memory. But uh, Samantha's a cool name. If I had a daughter named her Samantha, I'd call her Samantha. I don't think I'd call her Sam. I, I just like the name Samantha, like the long version of it. Um, but for me, so growing up, I never liked my name. I just, like I said, I always just kind of felt like it was blah. I used to love the name Jeff. I don't know why, and yeah. I know, and now I'm like, ugh, Jeff. Imagine when it was Jeff Saruti. Like, I don't, it's just a weird name. Jeff Saruti? I know. I don't know why I like Jeff. Probably because there was some athlete that I like. I don't know. Maybe it was Jeff Bagwell. He's from Connecticut. What's up? Or I don't know. But, like, I was like, oh, Jeff's a really cool name. And I knew, like, a couple cool Jeffs. And I'm like, yeah, I wish my name was Jeff. And now, 31-year-old Steve was like, if my name was Jeff, I would hate my name. Listen, I hate it more than Steve. <laughs> I cannot imagine you as a young boy being like damn it i wish my name was jeff but that's that's an interesting question if my parents said then my parents they weren't going to name me jeff but if my name was jeff would i be a different person because i have a different name i wonder what the it's impossible to prove that right it's impossible to right. tell like you'd have to have some sort of parallel universe situation where you know in one universe i'm named steve and one i'm named jeff like does my life go in the same direction but it does feel like some people they do fit their name really well and that's very odd my sister for example is uh not my sister um my sister-in-law is having a baby she's her due date was the other day right um they live in san francisco and they have a couple of names picked out they're having a daughter they have a couple of names picked out but they want to sort of see the baby first and then give it a name because i do think there actually is some value to seeing a baby looking at its face and going oh yeah this is a blank you look like a blank i actually do think there is some value of that instead of picking a name before they're even born Okay, I've never had a child, so I can't speak to that. But do you really think in that moment when your emotions are running high and you have this bloody blob of a baby that's screaming in your hands that you're going to be like, nope, this is a Steve and not a Jeff? <laughs> or do you I, think that you I know it sounds insane. Set? I know it sounds you insane. Your heart set on something, and in that moment, you just go with your gut. I think when you have the kid and you see it in front of you, this goes against everything because I'm a very logical person and I don't believe in like the superstitious stuff. I don't believe in like the universe told me to name my child this, but I kind of do believe you look at your child and you go, oh yeah, this is Sophia. This is whatever. I think there is some value in that actually, which is kind of odd because it's very off brand for me. Can I ask you a huge favor? Yeah. I know that you're a family of animals. If you ever get another dog, for the love of God, will you please name it Jeff Cerruti? <laughs> Having a dog named Jeff would actually be hilarious. Like Jeff my, pissed on the couch. Damn my, it, Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Jeff, get outside. Um, <laughs> I actually had a, Moose and Jeff. <laughs> Moose and Jeff, yeah. I think naming animals real people names is one of the funniest things you could do. Like my friend Mike in college had a fish named Carl. Dop, Dan Dop, who's one of our friends, obviously at ESPN Fantasy Focus, he named his, uh, his cat Jobin after... Uh, after what is it um i love you man i love you man which is yeah. the most incredible pet name of all time i love the cat the fact that his cat's name is joven 
Okay, try this one on for size. Um, Dan McLaughlin, he's the voice of the Cardinals on Fox Sports Midwest. He does the show after mine on 101 ESPN called Scoops with Danny Mac. And Danny Mac has a dog named Doug. Doug the that's Dog. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Doug the Dog. It's perfect. That's like that's a that's a great name. Like I feel like Doug the Pug. Doug the Pug, I think, is like a famous Instagram dog. It's perfect. Right. I'm all for naming animals. Um, actually, funny story, my friend Mike, his girlfriend, who is now their dog, but she had it before they were dating. Her dog is named Sophie. <laughs> Is, oh, and that, that's another reason Maddie's like oh that's that's Mike and Jess's dog I'm like who cares it's a, if we like the name no one's gonna be like oh that's weird plus there's only like three people that know us and the dog so who cares <laughs> also I think once the baby's born the name transfers to the baby like that's yeah. the trump card is that the baby's name is Sophie yeah it's like hey Sophie's coming overnight who Mike's dog no our <laughs> daughter <laughs> is Mike's dog coming to dinner yeah. okay let me find another one here that was a good one I actually really like that one me too Okay, this is going to be an interesting one because not only are you not a St. Louisan like I am, but you're a dude, a straight dude. So it's going to be interesting, but I just think we need to do this one. So this one comes from Jackie. Jackie wants to know, Mary F. Kill, St. Louis style, Jimmy Edmonds, Mark McGuire, or Albert Pujols? Wow. Okay. My first question would be, is this off of looks or is this off of how much St. Louis fans love this person? I think you could take it either way. I'm going to do it by how I think the city would feel. Not like from a dude's perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, so right, it was Edmonds, it was Pujols, and it was McGuire. I think, I think you bang McGuire. I think that's very... <laughs> Why? Because he was known for power, home run, hitting home run. It, it just, he was kind of like that one season, not one season wonder, but it was like a very short spurt. And it was awesome. But I don't think you want to date that guy. But you don't want to kill that guy because he's a good time. So I think you clearly F you uh, want one Mark good, McGuire. One good time. One right? good time. Yeah, I think he, the apex is Mark McGuire. But you don't okay. want to do that all the time. And then it's Jim Edmonds or Pujols. See, this is difficult because I feel like Pujols did leave you guys. So Jim I don't Edmonds know how, played for the Cubs. Jim Edmonds. Well, that was really late in his career, right? I thought, yeah, but it didn't, hurt as, it didn't hurt the way Albert did. I was going to say. So Albert I would probably – Maybe I'm wrong here, and you're going to correct me in, in just a second. But if I'm going to marry one of these people, it's because they are – I think of – when I think of the Cardinals, I think of them. I think I think of Albert Pujols more than I think of Jim Edmonds, even though there might have been some bad blood. Maybe it was headed for a divorce. So I guess I would marry Albert Pujols, I would bang Mark McGuire, and I would unfortunately kill Jim Edmonds, even though I have nothing against Jim Edmonds. I think he nailed it, Steve. No wow, yes. No I'm going to adopt St. Louis. <laughs> no pun intended. And let me explain. People love Jimmy Edmonds here. This has nothing to do with him. And he's a World Series champion. He has so many unbelievable moments. He's a red jacket guy for the Cardinals. He's on the broadcast. He's a postseason hero. People love Jimmy Edmonds. But Albert Pujols is the greatest baseball player that I've ever seen in my lifetime and the second greatest Cardinals player to ever wear a Cardinals uniform. Stan Musial, obviously the first. And the Cardinals Mm -hmm. have had an unbelievable legacy yeah. of amazing players. Bob Gibson comes to mind. I mean, Lou Brock comes to mind. Isaac Smith, for crying out loud, comes to mind. Willie McGee, Ted Simmons. I mean, I could go on and on, as you know. I haven't even mentioned Red Shandies or Dizzy Dean. Matt anyway. Carpenter, come on. Oh, Steve. <laughs> Yikes. But Albert, when he was here, had the best 10 years of baseball, the, the best he was unreal. to a career. I mean, he was just absolutely dominant and magical and his Stan Usual's nickname was the man Stan the man usual and people called Albert Pujols Mang like the man and because 
when he would space it, that's how it would sound. And he didn't like that. He didn't like to be called that because he thought it was disrespectful to Stan. But that is how revered he was in St. Louis is that people would even speak his name in the same conversation with Stan Musial. So yeah, it stung when he said, I choose Anaheim over St. Louis. And I don't know how he feels about that now, but. That worked out for you guys though, because he hasn't really remotely been himself since he's been there. So you know, right. you, you got his best years, so that's all that matters. Correct. You got his hottest years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he still did some things there. He's still breaking records, but it's never going to be the same as it was in St. Louis. But when he returned to St. Louis for a three-game series with the Angels at Bush Stadium, it was many years after he left, he got a standing ovation every time he touched the field. He ended up hitting a home run. So I think that the wounds are healing, right? Yeah, you got, and you guys have won World Series since he's left, right? So No. Right? No. One. The Cardinals have been in one. They won in 11 with Albert. He and Tony LaRusso oh, both man. left after that season. They went to the postseason many years in a row. They went to the World Series in 13. That's when they wouldn't stop pitching to Big Poppy and the Red oh, Sox yeah. beat them. Okay. Um, they've been to some NLCSs, but never won a World Series. Neither one of them have won without each other. Yeah, but you guys have had more success. So it's it, you guys Correct. You guys won the breakup for sure. I would definitely I mean, I won the question. So it's easier for you to accept him. So that's why, yeah. So now I feel even better about it. He's definitely the one yeah. to marry. And like, no disrespect to Jim Edmonds. He just doesn't seem like he has the same clout. He's got some clout, but I would say F. McGuire, to your exact point. Yeah, totally. That home run race was, outside of winning championships, I would say one of the single best things people have ever experienced in the sports world here. You saw it in the documentary, The 30 for 30, and I don't even know. That was a, a great doc, but I don't even know if it could really even truly capture how great it was. You know, some moments stand alone and are really hard to capture the intensity of them. And I think your initial explanation was the best. It was like one amazing time. You know, if you're going to go a one-time bang, Mark McGuire is your guy. You know, he comes hot and heavy, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> that season was awesome. And you're not going to get that every year. Mark McGuire over 10 years? No, you don't want Mark McGuire. But for one season? Yeah, you want Mark McGuire. Wow. Me meanwhile, that. Albert Pujols is hitting consistently like 320 every single year. And, you know, you're going to have a great marriage. It's going to be fun. Zach wants to know what our favorite holidays are. He says, I was a Thanksgiving guy until I had my son. Now I'm a Christmas guy. And we would love to answer this, but there's a good reason, Zach, why we're not going to. Yeah, so next week, we talked about this for a while because – we do our drafts, obviously, and people seem to love them a lot. We're going to do a holiday draft on next week's pod. So I guess we'll save our answers for then because I have a lot of strong feelings about holidays. I'm going to be honest with you because there are some absolute duds out there. And there are some ones that I think are very underrated. You know, I'm a big Halloween person. I've already said that on the pod. I'm very excited to look out for that next week. It's going to be fun. All right. Final question, Steve. This one is from Brent. Brent says, it's Masters week. If you won the Masters, what would be the menu for your champions dinner? Okay, I'm like somewhat familiar with this. So basically, you get to pick whatever you want. Yes. As so you the previous winner, yes. you can pick multiple things. Like you could pick different backgrounds. You could pick pasta and sushi and whatever tacos, anything you want. Most people do something that's near and dear to them or their culture. All right. Do we have examples? I don't or know where they're from. What, what's this year? Do we have this year's? Okay, so Tiger Woods said, being born and raised in Southern California, having fajitas and sushi was part of my entire childhood. So I'm going back to what I had. So he's doing that this year. Um, then let's see. Give me a year, and I'll tell you somebody recently what they've had. I have a list here. Uh, 2016. Okay, Jordan Spieth. He had a salad of local greens, the main course, 
was Texas barbecue, beef brisket, smoked chicken, pork ribs, size of barbecue baked beans, bacon and chive potato salad, <sighs> sauteed green beans, grilled zucchini, roast yellow squash, and a dessert of warm chocolate chip cookie and vanilla ice cream. That sounds really delicious. Uh, give me, give me 2010. Okay. 2010, you said? That is Angel Cabrera at an Argentine asado, a multi-course barbecue featuring chorizo, blood sausage, short ribs, beef fillets, and molejas. I don't know if I said that correctly, but it's sweetbreads. Okay. Sounds good. Wow. All right. So basically, oh man. So I'm Italian. So I feel like I'd have to pick, you know, both of us are Italian. So I guess does that mean I feel like I'm obligated to pick some sort of Italian feast, right? So I'd probably start with... Or something from Connecticut. Well, Connecticut... See, the problem is Connecticut pizza, but you, I don't think they're going to be able to make... Connecticut-style lobster I'm not a huge lobster... I mean, I like lobster rolls, but I don't love them. I don't love them enough to pick them as my number one thing. And I love the Connecticut pizza. Like, I want Pepe's or Sally's, but I don't think they can make that at Augusta. So and I'm not getting it frozen and delivered there and heated up. It's not going to be the same. Uh... But I also love tacos and I also love sushi. I kind of feel like I'd go random. I would want to open up with some light sushi, you know, maybe some spicy tuna rolls. I don't want to fill myself up on that for sure. But definitely like maybe the first course or appetizer. I'd probably move on to some sort of pasta, maybe like a rigatone um, with sausage and all that stuff, fennel in there. Make a big old thing of rigatoni. That's probably what I'd want. And I'd probably close it off with an affogato for dessert. Okay, that's amazing. Can I come to your champion? Absolutely. Oh, Sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. But really, anything sounds good because I'm starving all Same. the time. All the time. Shouts um, out to uh, 75 Hard. What's up? Oh, God. Okay. Um, I would go total homage to St. Louis. No surprise there. Shaka. Shaka. I would make sure we had a lot of cold Bud Lights on hand. Okay. I, would, I didn't say a drink. I got to figure out a drink. But yeah, Bud Lights a good call. I mean, if you're from St. Louis, you need cold Bud Lights at the ready all the time. Wait, really quickly. Do people in St. Louis drink more Bud Heavy or Bud Light? Bud Light. Because when you think of St. Louis, you think of Bud Heavy. I, at least from an outsider perspective, I think of really? Anheuser Bush, Bud Heavy. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, I think that cool blue can. <laughs> I think Bud oh, Light. See, I think of I think of the dudes and just in the Midwest just blasting Bud Heavy. That's what I think of the red can, the red and white can. Oh my God, I don't know anybody who drinks Bud Heavy. Yeah, I mean, I, my dad. That's about. It. <laughs> that's like that's your what dad now like. drinks Bud Heavy. He used to. That was his go-to beer. I guess maybe Bud Light now. I remember in college one time we thought we were really cool and we got you know, a, a 30 pack of, uh, of Bud Heavy and we're playing beer pong with that, which is an absolutely horrific idea because that shit is like eating cement or drinking cement. It's so okay. heavy. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's a reason they call it Bud Heavy. But yeah, when I think of St. Louis and Anheuser-Busch, I think of a dude in the Midwest, maybe on a farm, sitting on like a rocking chair, drinking a Bud Heavy. Okay. Uh, that's not what's <laughs> actually happening. That's grossly misrepresented you guys. Sorry. I love that you picture us in a rocking chair drinking a Bud Heavy. Yeah. Cause you know, you work on a farm or something. You've got a laborman, you know, he's, it's corn or some sort of thing that he's feeding America, right? That's what the Midwest right. does. What's up? Shout out to the Midwest. Um, it's, it's a big heartland, deal. Steve. We're yeah. The <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, after a long day's work, he wants a, a drink with some substance to it. He wants a Bud Heavy. He doesn't want a Bud Light. You know, I can't speak for my friends in the farming industry. Maybe they do drink Bud Heavy. Maybe you're onto something. I don't know. So if you listen to the pod and you're a farmer in the Midwest, please let us know your drink of choice. But everybody I know from the time I started being around people who were drinking Steve 
always had some Bud Lights in the fridge. And St. Louis has an amazing microbrewery scene. There's a lot of really, really cool breweries here that aren't at the level of obviously an Anheuser-Busch, but I think a lot of people here drink Urban Chestnut or they drink Schlafly or they drink Forehands, beers that you will love when you come to visit. Actually, maybe this, maybe this is my next package to you now that I'm just sending you things from St. Louis is that I'll send you a beer sampler. I'm a very picky beer guy though. I don't like IPAs. So as long as it's not an IPA, I'm okay. I got you. Don't you worry. Okay, right, let good. me make a note of I'll remember that you don't like IPAs, trust me. Christmas is coming, Steve. Maybe you'll get a, another package from <laughs> I can't me. wait. I need to get you here so that I need to stop sending you mail. We'll get there eventually. We just need this pandemic to end. That's true. Although, hey, maybe, you know, keep going. We got a vaccine, shouts out. Hopefully that thing works out. Shouts out to Pfizer, right here in St. Louis, right here. Of course it was in St. Louis. It all comes full circle. There you go. Anyway, again, my champion's dinner would be St. Louis heavy. We would be giving a great homage to St. Louis. So we would have... Cold Bud Light, we would have toasted ravioli as an mm. appetizer. I want that, yeah, that's good. For the salad, I would do kind of a sweet Italian salad, which is what we do here. It's a little bit of iceberg, you got some Parmesan cheese worked in there, some sweet onion, uh, very good, very, very good. I would do that, and then for the dinner, if we're going St. Louis, I could go a lot of different ways here. St. Louis has, in my humble opinion, the best barbecue in America. And I think I would go Pappy's ribs or some pulled pork. And then for dessert, we have to go glued butter cake, which is a delicacy. And I would also have some ice cream on the side and you have great ice cream options here. I would have two options. I would have frozen custard from Ted Drew's, amazing. Or I'd have Clementine's, which has amazing flavors, but they have cream that is infused with alcohol so if for dessert you want a little hmm. extra kick you can get it interesting okay i like all of your choices and i will also want to be invited to your meal i actually think yours is better than mine but you brought toasted wraps into espn that one time and i make fun of you for the st louis thing but toasted wraps are fucking awesome genuinely they're awesome. they're amazing uh yeah. i mean how could they not be they're like fried so raviolis like it's ridiculous they're breaded fried raviolis it can't not be good but they are delicious and you should try them if you ever go there or you know you got them frozen delivered so maybe you could do that too yeah, shout out to Salt and Smoke, who sent us a massive box of toasted wraps to ESPN. Yeah, that shit was with the sauces, by the way. Legitimately banging. Uh, so shouts out to them. But I do, I want to add a few things into mine, because I'll probably throw a Caesar salad in there, maybe a charred Caesar salad, um, if, if, if we're throwing a salad thing. You don't like charred Caesar salad? Oh my God, I like a little, little grill mark on that romaine lettuce. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and then... I feel like I need something else. Like you had so many things. You had ribs and pulled pork. And I just have, maybe I'll have some, some more pasta options. We'll do the bolognese. We'll, I'll do a bolognese. I'll do a rigatoni. And I'll do a lasagna. The trifecta of Italian pastas. We'll do that. A bolognese, a rigatoni, a lasagna. Okay. That's what your trifecta would be? Uh, I would probably throw fettuccine alfredo in a real trifecta. But I don't, fettuccine alfredo is like a very, people either love it or hate it. It's very dense. I don't like Maddie, Maddie had never had it before and it's just, it's a lot, but I do love it. I mean, it's fat. It's like literally cheese and lard and, and pasta. Yeah. By the way, fettuccine Alfredo is in America. It's like this nice Italian meal, right? In Italy, that's like what poor people eat. Cause it's just, it was like what they could eat. It's like pasta, cheese and, and cream they would get. Uh, so it's actually kind of wild how that, how that sort of changed. Um, coming it fills over to you America. up. There's a history <laughs> lesson for all you guys. What's up? Shout out to Steve, our history teacher here on the pod. No big deal. Okay, well, that concludes our AMA, Steve. Always my favorite pod. Seriously, it's awesome. A lot of people asked about 75 Hard. They wanted to know my process, and I did not include it, not because I didn't appreciate the question, but just because I don't know if people care to hear about me working out a lot and eating salad. 
No, I think they do. What's the diet you're on? What have you been doing for workouts? I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm just doing no processed foods. I'm not going full keto or full paleo because I would have never lasted. So I'm just, I'm cooking everything at home or if I eat out, it's, I know every ingredient. I'm just doing no processed foods. That's that's good. People should strive to do that. What's going to be your go-to meal when you're done? Oh God. So if I can travel, I'm supposed to go to New York the weekend that I'm done. So I'm done on a Tuesday, I believe, and I fly out on a Thursday. Um, I had this book for a long time to go do my holiday thing with my friends, but pandemic, Steve, who knows? Who knows? But when I get to New York, I want a cup of coffee and I want a New York bagel sandwich, okay? I want it with some egg, some cheese, some bacon, some avocado, some tomato. I want that bad boy grilled. It's going to be a brick and it's going to be amazing. And then I don't really know what the scene is going to be like for dinner. If we're going to be able to go out for a dinner, if we're going to cook a dinner, but I want pasta and I want red wine. All the carbs and all the alcohol. All the carbs yep. and all the, <laughs> all the stimulants, all the uppers. I want the coffee to bring me up. I want the wine to even me out. You're going to undo the 75 days in, in one weekend. There you go. I've lost so much weight. It's unbelievable. I've lost 14 pounds. I'm like, where did that come from? And I'm only 43 days in. I can't wait to ask you and talk about when it's all over and ask you, was it worth it? Because yes, you're going to be in the best shape and looking good and obviously feeling really good. But was the juice worth the squeeze? I'll be interested to know after 75 days. I'm at the stage though where I'm 43 days in. There's no quitting now. No, yeah, you're too far along. Exactly. Too far along. I've made it this far. I cannot give up on myself. I'm doing it for me at this point, right? But man, do I want to quit. (laughs) quit every day let me tell you okay well thank you to everyone who sent a question in sorry if we didn't get to your question we do try to keep this condensed but we're going to do this we should do this more often so if we didn't get to your question this time maybe we'll get to it next time but steve before we go let's get to a review if you haven't already please head to apple podcast search for small talk it's a black box white writing subscribe to it rate it preferably five stars and leave a review like this one that says hinge date five stars it says oh my goodness that story by the surprise guest aka steve's sister was unbelievable it was so good and random i couldn't get my brain wrapped around it i mean what are the chances i cannot imagine that there are two other people on earth that have had that experience no way then it goes on to say mr saruti no puppy chow in your past You thought Michelle's chips were good. You're in for a treat and you're a very good sport about trying everything too. Awesome pod every single week. I love it to pieces. Awesome review. We just said it. I'll try anything once. I'll do it once. We're on record saying that. And I will say as far as the story with my sister, if you had told me that story and said, who did this happen to? I would have guessed my sister. That's the kind of thing that would only happen to my sister, Rachel. So glad she hopped on. Glad people enjoyed it because it was an insanely ridiculous story. It was, and I really appreciate her for sharing that with us. Um, Okay, well, Steve and I will be back in action next week. As he mentioned, it's holiday draft. We have Thanksgiving right around the corner. Steve and I are going to go head-to-head in a holiday draft next week. But until then, Samantha and Jeff are out. Fucking Jeff. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.